Black and white are all I see in my infancy. Red and yellow then came to be reaching out to me, lets me see. As below, so above and beyond, I imagine, drawn beyond the lines of reason, push the envelope, watch it bend. Overthinking, overanalyzing, separate the body from the mind, withering my intuition, missing opportunities, and I must feed my will to feed m my moment, drawing way outside the lines. What tune is that? That is uh, Tools Lateralis. Ah, that's the first one for us. Awesome. Thanks for bringing that one up, man. That was a nice little kind of somber intro, it, which I totally dug, by the way. Awesome. <laughs> it, it's, uh, I, I like that one because it grounds me and, uh, you know, it, it, it gets me to remember to not, um, not be the boy in the bubble. Later on in the song, it, it talks about, you know, reaching out to embrace whatever, uh, whatever may come, you know, for the best. And, and uh, like my current situation, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's time to, to, to move on. And, and I reached out to you. So yeah. it's, it's kind of, I thought, you know, it was, it was fitting. So, so I, I totally appreciate you reaching out to me, Chris. I mean, that's what this show's all been about. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I like that you're a listener. I like that there's lots of thousands of people that are listening mm -hmm. and they reach out. And I started this whole show because of the conversations. I just wanted to have more and more conversations. In all fairness, these are conversations that we have on the job site. But the thing is, as we get busier and we're trying to move forward and we're trying to help more people, we can't stop and have this conversation for 90 minutes on the job site. Right. We can do it either before the job site, which will never happen, or we can do it at the end of the job site but the thing is at the end of the day we're exhausted and we need to get planning for the next day and next week and everything mm -hmm. so this is like happening on weekend or weekday evenings saturday mornings and and i fit it in whenever i possibly can i mean right off the bat i want to give out all the shout outs for you chris so it's on point contracting yes that's the name of the company you're the lead carpenter uh your email is chris j allen allen is a l l e n 32 at hotmail.com and then on facebook op contracting O-N. Okay, O-P contracting O-N. And then on Instagram, obviously, it's on underscore point underscore contracting underscore on. Yes. That's the creds. That's what. So today, I want to actually talk about how I think the tide is turning. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about how, okay, maybe the filters of social media isn't really portraying the reality of what's going on in construction mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about real construction, real job sites, real clients, real situations, what's happening, what we want to predict for the rest of this year, going into the next year, and anything else that you want to ramble on about, Chris? Absolutely. Sounds good. I want to actually just do one question, shout out, because I know that I get some letters and I haven't been keeping up with them. At Sean Taggy. So it's uh, Sean with S-E-A-N-T-A-G-G-Y. He's an avid listener. So he just sent me this message here and he had a few questions. Hey, Manny, for several years, a couple of friends have been really into podcasts while working, driving, whatever. I said I could never just listen to someone talking versus music. 
I used to be that guy too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> However, I recently decided to go self-employed after 15 years as a framer and general carpenter. I immediately started seeking out sources of information and now I'm hooked on TCL. I've only been following and listening for a couple of days now, but went through several of the latest episodes and just decided to start from number one. Thanks very much, Sean. I really appreciate that. I'm loving the topics and the content. I'm even picking up valuable bits and pieces of info just from casual parts of conversations. For the bulk of my career, I've been seeing, I've, I've just been on site measuring, nailing, cutting, etc. So we've all been there. So I have had very little exposure or insight into steps, processes, stages, methods, paperwork involved on the business end of things. And I'm still focused on just getting comfortable with QuickBooks. I started small and simple, but at this point, I still have no idea how to direct myself to uh, track down GCs and other contractors that I need, a one-man sub for general carpentry, etc. Do I work for the homeowner and act as a GC and have a, a trial by fire experience as I figured out how to put together a price involving subs like plumbers? Or do I meet the homeowner, assess what they want, then if needed, contact designers, engineers? He's got a lot of things that we're very relevant with and we've mm -hmm. all gone through, right? So he says to create drawings, get their pricing, figuring out pricing for various permits, what are typical legal clauses and stipulations, industry standards, they are generally found in estimates, contracts, proposals, etc. My questions are endless. Do you have any suggestions perhaps some key episodes of the podcast to listen to next steps first steps i think i tend to overthink things i see people businesses that are 10 plus years in and from the outside i think that they all have it all sorted out they don't sean by the way and organize and just uh, a lost pup in the sea of sharks even though i'm 35 i've been in the trenches know a lot more than a lot of contractors out there and love the work i'm just always i can guess myself in my work I'm I'm just eager to get out there and feel like I'm giving people a great product while providing a living for myself, my wife, and my seven-month daughter. There's just so much to learn. Thanks and keep up the great work and podcasts. I look forward to learning some of your thoughts. It's a huge topic, I'm sure, and for me, a frustrating part of my years and my career. So much time on the tools and on the site, but uh, don't have a clue how to transfer that to a well-run business. So, Chris, we've all been here. Mm. We A lot of us are still there. I, I think. Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah, I mean, recently I had Bram on the show, and, you know, he was in construction. He's been in construction for 15 years. It took him 14 years to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Sean, to be truthful, you never figure it out. That's the beauty. No, not entirely. Yeah, you, you always have to constantly learn. But I've also found that, like you reaching out to me and others have reached out to me, just ask. Mm -hmm. you're going to get guys that will ignore you and may not respond back to you. Yep. But maybe you get 5% of the guys and girls out there that will respond to you. I find that in construction, I was just having this conversation this week. A lot of trades, some specific trades, want to keep their cards really close to their chest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't want to reveal their secrets because they start thinking, then you're going to take business away from me. And that's not the equation to the solution that's that's no. that's the that's the wrong way to handle it you should look at it like building a community you should look at it like you're helping somebody else out we all know about you do something good something good's going to happen to you it's Absolutely. just how human nature is mm -hmm. i mean a lot of guys have reached out and girls have reached out to me they pick my brain i'm not a genius about this i just i interview a lot of contractors out there i have lots of conversations with suppliers sales reps all kinds of people we're always trying to make the industry better and i learn little tidbits and then i share all those little tidbits that's how i built my social that's how i built the show mm -hmm. i mean so sean don't always second guess yourself 
it's human nature to second guess yourself Absolutely. because you're always wondering. But I've also said, if you start listening to more of the shows, the paper side of this business is far more important than the skill side of this business. Yeah. You got to understand that. And I know that it's our ego to be in the way of this and go, no, I know how to perfectly frame this. I know how to perfectly lay this tile here. If you have a mound of paper at the end of the week, month, a year or whatever, and then CRA tax man or whatever is after you because you're not organized, mm -hmm. then what kind of successful business are you really running? Exactly. You got to embrace the paper. Just listen, face the facts that you have all this paper part of the business that has to be done. Mm -hmm. That's crucial. So just embrace it, understand it. We all have problems in our lives. Everything's always, there's always something that's going downhill mm -hmm. and we're trying to fight to go uphill and we're just overwhelmed and we're trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do? The truth of it is that don't look at all the problems at once. Look at one problem, solve it. Look at the next problem, exactly. solve it. That's it. I hope that helps you. Don't be nervous about asking, reaching out, speaking to, you never know. I've, I've been told that anybody that's been on the show Lots of listeners have reached out mm -hmm. and they said, listen, I heard the show. I really respect what you had to say. And I was, I just want to pick your brain. Do you have five minutes, you know, to, to like, I give out, you know, right now for this first episode, I don't even care anymore. Anybody want to reach out to my mobile and shoot me a text? Shoot me. It's 416-433-5737. You can reach me that way. That's my number. 416-433-5737. Shoot me a text and I'll answer it. I don't care. Just tell me who you are mm -hmm. because obviously I'll get a lot of texts and all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know who this is. I don't know who this is. And then also my email is Manny, M-A-N-N-Y, at hardcorerentals.com. Rentals with an S dot com. Mm -hmm. Shoot me an email. I promise you I will get back to you because that's the whole point of this show. So, Chris, I've been talking way too much. It's over to you, man. You got to start um, talking. I hope that helps you, Sean. Please, and stay in touch. Keep yeah, on reaching out to me, man. If I could, I'd like to weigh in. Please, on, I want on you his, to, Chris. His, yeah, please uh, do. Uh, situation. You know, Sean, I'm, I am in, in much the, the same situation. The, the, the paperwork, you know, sometimes feels overwhelming. You know, there comes a point where, you, you, like Manny said, you, you have to embrace it. You, It's almost a, like a... A healthy fear of it that it can be this you know this mountain that you have to climb but you all you so long as you respect it and you understand the steps that you need to take like one thing that I've, I've had to learn to do is each not a paycheck uh, when I when I submit my invoice and I, and I get paid at the end of the week you draw I, from your invoices I yes yeah um, when I when I get my my pay immediately move the HST over. Yeah. Immediately. Everyone thinks that's free money that's just going to sit there and it's collection. It's well, not. And, and I yeah. began to sort of slide down a bit of a hill there because I wasn't, I was thinking, you know, I, I got this. Okay. Uh, I pay my HST quarterly and, um, you know, I'll, I'll have the money. Thing is, you don't. If you're not setting it aside somewhere, how do you know for sure? Because the CRA are not the kind, they're, they're not the, the people, the government in general, it's not the people you want to get tied up on the wrong end of the stick with. Just for our listeners outside of Canada, CRA is Canadian Revenue Agency. Is it agency? Yes. Agency, yeah. And so they're our tax man. 
That's mm-hmm. what it is. I don't know why it's called Taxman or whatever, but the U.S. has got it. You're right. You're, a lot of guys will start their business, and I understand that they're doing cash jobs, and they're trying to get the work, mm-hmm. and so they'll try to balance the cash with the legitimate jobs. Mm-hmm. That's I totally understand that, and actually, to certain levels, I respect that. But the thing is, eventually, CRA, the tax man or woman, will come knocking, and mm-hmm. they'll be questioning. You're running a business. If you're running a business, then you need to be paying your share. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Chris, you have to, that's the first priority. And Jim has said this before on the show several times. You have to start paying yourself. You have to look at mm-hmm. it like no different that you subbed out something to somebody else and they came in, they gave you a quote, you agreed to it, the client signed off on it, they did the job, you paid them, they moved on. Mm-hmm. You're one of those subcontractors. And on that quote, there's a tax amount. And mm-hmm. that tax amount needs to be set aside and you can't use it. You can't be thinking, oh, wow, there's a huge tool blitz this weekend. So I'm going to go spend money or I'm going to maybe consider buying this or that. And you can't. You have to think about the rainy days. We're self-employed. We don't have pensions. Mm-hmm. We don't have this security at the end of the rainbow for us. None of us. We're all entrepreneurs. We're all starting out and we want to have a fantastic end. We want to have our game plan that's brought to the end where we pass on the knowledge, pass on the business, pass on everything. Absolutely. The human nature of, of overthinking, it's, you know, it's something that I've been teaching myself to not overthink. Like a lot of people, you know, I, I just want it to be right. You know, I don't want to have to do it a second time. The thing is, thinking about it to understand, and then there's thinking about it to basically ruin it. Like you, you, you've thought about it over overthought it to such a degree that you it's almost unhealthy yeah like you, you're, you're wasting time you've thought of 10 other ways to do something which there again to a degree is okay but your overthinking turns into the broken record and you're just playing that same loop over and over and over again eventually you just got to jump in think about it and then start and then quit thinking about it what's your you're lee carpenter yes how did you get started chris how many years have you been in the biz? Uh, well, okay, so a bit of backstory. Uh, I started with uh, Local 27 2016. I went back to school, and uh, I, was, I hadn't been living in Toronto for all that long, so I thought uh, the union was a good way to go. At least, you know, there was some credibility, some stability. It is. It's totally, yeah. Yeah, no, well, and, and like, if you don't know the, the, the lay of the land, you... You know, you don't know who's legit, who's not. So the union offers that protection. So I did that for uh, three, three years and a bit, and okay. uh, decided it wasn't my bag anymore. How were those three years? Good, learned. I did. I, I would say that uh, I, I have uh, three years of maybe eighteen months experience. Okay. In in that time, I, I think the the bulk of that uh, learning experience was with uh, one one of the the major GCs. I was there for long time anyways we did a, a factory expansion in, in east york we didn't do a lot of carpentry we did a lot of laboring uh, simply because that's just that's it, how it, it all works it, it just yep. worked out that way you know the crew was good they were phenomenal really when you have a, good, a great crew gets you through the, the the long days that was my first time pulling you know sometimes 14 hour days uh you make mad money but at the same time, when you get home after 14, 15 hours, you're, you're beat. You're you're done mentally yeah. and physically. You're beat. Yeah, yeah, you are. And I've also done jobs that were, you know, much like uh, uh, factory work. It's the same four steps, four or five steps over and over and over again. And you do that several hundred, several thousand times a day, 
and that was kind of I I think the job that I that I that I was with the GC that spoiled me to you know the, all the, all the things that a carpenter will do within the union like we 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 do we have what well, they have uh you know solar panel installations they do raised access flooring they they do um framing all the the usual things but then there there's these other things that 27 looks after that you don't normally think of as as typical uh carpentry yeah. uh but uh in their I guess their desire to secure their their members that they have work. They're you know grabbing up uh, all these different tasks that that their their carpenters can do. I came to the realization that that the politics, dare I say, the the politics, the brown nosing that that was going on. It, if just a way to work the work up the corporate or I guess the union ladder is that. No, well, okay, my. My perception was that uh, for for me to get the good jobs, I had to brown nose. Got it. And if you don't, if you didn't, you ended up on the out of work list, and the out of work list was com- comparable to table crumbs, bread crumbs. Okay. And and that's kind of how I got the, the the job with the that GC. When you when you're in, and it could be the same for just about any union. When you're when you're in your your union. Working for a, a, a major GC, that's kind of the golden egg. That's the, the, the thing you strive for. It started to get to that point where, where I'm thinking, if, if I got to you know, be schmoozing and, and brown nosing and basically begging for the, the good jobs and the merits of my work aren't enough to, to, to speak for the quality of my work and, me, and myself as a person, then you know what this this isn't it's not right for you no so about halfway into it you realize that's how it was going yeah and it took me a while to to finally exit and i transitioned to uh, private residential and uh so for the past seeing or carpentry or uh carpentry and for the past two years which has been the bulk of my private residential time uh, with with the GC. Where are you focusing your, where's your geography? Where are you hanging out to do all your work where you want to? The GC that I work with, uh, we we work all over the, the GTA. Okay. For, for me to do my own thing and, and eventually, you know, leave a GC and, and be self-sustainable, uh, for lack of a better term, probably looking more Durham, 401 corridor, because uh you know easy access to the 401 you can kind of yep. get just about anywhere how did you find this gc i applied to him through indeed and i've heard uh, some of my good bad stories about indeed i guess trying to find work i've used a lot of those the the online uh, job search services and indeed for me was by far the best so when you you click on a, a an, an ad i found there was so much more detail to the the job ad you you knew very clearly what that employer was looking for versus you know monster or um even the the, the government uh job bank uh not a whole lot of detail uh, yeah they say you know want three to five years experience and then you get on the phone with them and then they start asking more questions and it's like well okay no i i don't have that you know, like if, if that had been on your listing, I wouldn't have submitted a resume because I know I'm, I'm definitely not qualified for what you are, are really looking for. I'm just curious, Chris, on these postings, when you come across them, 
are the GCs asking or even inquiring about personality and how you are as just as an individual? Or are they just strictly looking for what your credentials are for the occupation? The yes and no. I can't remember uh, my general contractors uh, listing off the top of my head, but it's a it's a bit of both. Um, they they you know they want. I think the sort of the the cliched, maybe unintentionally cliched talking points that, you know, you're a team player, you're, you know, you, you work well with others, um, you know, those sorts of, of things. It's funny because these are things that I've never asked of anybody. It's always been kind of word of mouth speaking to somebody and they recommend them. Then I meet you, I discuss mm-hmm. things and we talk about it. And I think anybody that's in construction within the first five minutes will know, okay, I can work with this person. I want them to take the lead on this. And, and that's what I like about construction yeah. Yeah. Is, is it's very black and white. There, yeah. There's no bullshit. You, you either fit in, uh, pardon, the, pardon my language, you either fit in or fuck off. Yeah. You know, the, the, you're, but you're, it's true, though, because everybody runs their ship a certain way. Mm-hmm. If you find that they're working too hard or maybe the work is not the quality that you want to do, then you may not fit in. It depends on what kind of a contractor you are, what kind of a tradesperson you mm-hmm. are. And then you have to find somebody that's going to be doing that same thing. And when it's on your dime, your your money is, is your your time is is money. Yeah. So if the person's not working out, you're not going to waffle. You know, like say, you know, uh, I did a lot of manufacturing in, in my past. Quite often, what would happen is you would you you would be allowed to work until the end of your probation, and within about a week of the end of your probation, then you'd be let go. That's how they would plan things, really? Not, not necessarily. There again, it, it depended on, on the employer. But the manu- for example, just uh, sort of a, a bit of a broad stroke here, but let's, let's say manufacturing versus construction. Construction, like you say, and it, it is true, I've seen it myself, you, you know or you don't, like the, within the, the first five minutes. Yep. By the end of, end of the day, your gut is telling you this guy's going to work or not. And if he's not, you're out of here. Yeah. You know, some guy's showing up with his pants halfway down his ass and, you know, he's got his swagger on and, you know, so uh, on and so to, forth. Uh, to all you guys that are doing all these little things, you realize that you're just selling yourself out of the game. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. So just be aware of this shit. Like do, rolling in on an Uber and rolling in with an Uber Eats or something like that. All kinds of little things that you are trying to sustain your lifestyle are things that are red flags. You know, your first day, you're you're you got five minutes before the bell yeah, goes, for and sure. you got your Timmies. As as a future employer myself, the yeah, these are things that I, that that cross my mind. You know, that when I when I take a look at whether it's you know co- current coworkers, past coworkers, whatever, and and my rapport with them, I follow things away. You know, to, to okay that. This is what I like. This I don't like that, and so on and so well, forth. Well, that's the beauty of construction. Like we're running our business, mm-hmm. and in the back of our head, we literally have a rolodex that we're keeping tabs on all these little things. And if they start to amount to a certain big thing, the person's gone. Mm-hmm. They have to be because in the end, sure, we can get along. We're chummy friends. Maybe we'll get a beer or something like that, and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, this is still a business, and that brings me back to the paperwork side of the things. If you start seeing that that person you hired is not developing and, and creating production for your business, mm. as much as they're a nice person, they don't need to stay. 
I don't, and I, I don't go to work for anyone, whether my own projects that I, that I pick up over the weekend or, or GC Monday to Friday. I'm not going to work to have a beer with someone. I'm going to work because I got a job to do. I have my, my tasks that, that, are, that are required of me, whether directly from the client or the GC. We have our morning meeting, lays out what's going on, and, and I get to it as, as best I understand it. And if I don't understand something, I call them, you know, we get it, get it sorted out, and, I, and, you know, you keep going. You can't be screwing the pooch. You can't, like you say, rolling up in your, your Uber. It blows my mind that, that, that there are people that simply will never get it. There will always be someone that, that will, will, will do that. I mean, there's a lot of people in this business that have a passion for the business. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who think they have a passion for this business. Mm -hmm. They really don't need to be in this business and they shouldn't be in this business. Either you are going to give all or you're not going to give it. Mm -hmm. And if you're in there just as a part-timer and you just want to punch the clock and you just had looking at this as a paycheck, anybody that you're working for is going to see that. Mm -hmm. And eventually you'll be on the chopping block. That's just, and if you, if a contractor or a GC or your employer is keeping you for extra long period of time, there might be some reasons behind it, but just be aware that every day, every week that you work for somebody, they're paying attention to the scope of work. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I've had lots of sub trades that work for me and they've messed up. Mm -hmm. They did have, you know, like we've had conversations and I waited until they stepped up. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't step up, then Okay then this is basically eventually going to go away. And then I'm going to start having another conversation with somebody else to handle that trade. Mm -hmm. Then you'll get that conversation or a text from somebody saying, well, why didn't you hire me to do this one? Why didn't you hire me to do that one? We both know why. We don't need to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. This is still in the end a business. And as a GC, and you, you also want to be on your own too, running your own ships, right, Chris? That's mm -hmm. the idea. You have the clients to answer to. And you also are left holding the bag at the end of the job. And if things go south, you still pay your trades. You still have to absorb the losses. Mm -hmm. And you have to keep on moving forward from those losses. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and yeah, like if I'm starting to, to get the impression that, that I am going to be left holding the bag, there there's going to be answers. Yeah. You know, because like, you no, you you aren't going to stiff me. It'll be it'll be dealt with, because my time I know what my time's worth, like what I write down on paper. But the 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 value the um, you know like just how important my time is to me, what it means to me. You know, you better believe it. You're going to answer if you think you are going to leave me holding the bag. Sure, I've I've had to learn, and I'm still learning how to be productive. Not not just sort of beyond the ob obviousness of the, the, the statement. I, I do know how to, you know, move. I understand if, you know, maybe I'm, you know, having a bad day, let's say. And, and we, ha we all have those days. Everybody's so. allowed to have bad days. Everybody has their private lives and everybody has their issues. The truth of it is that if you want to bring it into work and it's going to affect your work or affect the crew or affect everything, Maybe it's that's the day that you contact the employer and you say, listen, I can't come in and actually be truthful and mm -hmm. just say, this is the crap that I'm going through right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be good for you to be on the site because I'm not going to be focused. And in turn, someone might get hurt. Something might be built wrong. There might be a problem. And then it'll all be pointed at me. I'd rather you have that conversation with me before. Mm -hmm. And I either adjust the day or push the day. So until you get your stuff resolved and then come back in, depending on the relationship that you have with the employer mm -hmm. and employee, right? That's how I look at it. 
you know, nine times out of ten, you're at, you're you're at work on time. You're you know you're not consistently uh, taking Mondays off. You know the the <laughs> the, mon- the, mo- the Monday flu. What is uh, that all about? I don't um, understand that, man. If that happens over and over, that person is not going to come back in the next Monday. No, for good. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So you know, like if you're if you're showing all the the, the signs of being a, a good worker, then hopefully the rapport is there that you can be honest and and say, look, yeah, I got I got this shit going on. And I know I can't be bringing it into work, so let me let me have the the time to get it dealt with, so that it is done. It's you know, it's. I had a, a recent conversation. I did a show with Julie Shawchuk about accessible renovating. Mm-hmm. One of the big things that we I took away from that show was she was always nervous, or she always saw whenever a contractor had to speak to somebody that was of disability, mm-hmm. how they would be reluctant to actually speak. And she just said, listen, just have the conversation. Just bring it up. I understand that I'm in a chair mm-hmm. or I have this disability or what have you. The thing is, don't beat around the bush. No. And I think as an employee, employee, employer-employee situation, it should be the same thing. Mm-hmm. First of all, don't tell tales. No. There's no reason for you to start coming up with all kinds of drama that you were taking notes from Netflix or Amazon Prime and trying to figure out what your storyline was because your employer is going to know you're full of crap. Mm -hmm. You're better off telling the truth. And if the truth is actually stupid, maybe you tell it, but maybe that employer gives you some insight into fixing your life, man, because maybe the employer's been down this road before and they can give you some insight on how to handle that situation if you don't let your ego get in the way of someone trying to help you out, mm-hmm, right? Because, mm-hmm. listen, I'm sorry, the younger guys and also the older guys, too, they don't like being told, okay, well, you messed up, you're young, you're stupid, whatever. The thing is, I'm just trying to give you some insight, man. That's mm-hmm. all it is. I've been down this road. I've gone through this situation. This is how I handle it. This is what I learned from it. And mm-hmm. I'm offering you free advice. Literally, there's no consultation fee attached to this. And I'm just saying, okay, sure, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or whatever, pissed you off, did this, stole the car, crashed the car, drank too late, all the, whatever problems are. Maybe you start taking a look at your life a little differently. And all this person that's maybe a few years older than you or a few decades older than you, all they're doing is trying to give you some insight, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trust me, though, to all the young listeners, I was young at one point. And I had a hard time listening to the older people, but I really wish that I did listen to more older people that have been through it because I would be far further ahead. That's the truth. Be willing to take your lumps. Yeah. You know, and sometimes the the best advice is going to be something that you you ain't going to want to hear, but you certainly need to hear it. Need to hear. Yeah, I was just going to say. Sometimes, you know, like I've I've made major screw ups. And I still have my job. It's how you handle that screw up, how the, you handle the situation. And I, I own my shit. Yeah, the well, the one in particular, we were in, installing a glass railing, and the the clamps they have a are like a rubber uh, a gasket. Uh, yeah, a gasket. Yeah. I didn't line the gasket upright, and my GC cranked the the Allen key. Shattered. And you learn what tempered glass is all about. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. It's nice for a few milliseconds <laughs> and then it's just horrific for after a fact. Yeah. And well, he was, uh, needless to say, he was pissed. Of course. But I owned it. Like just right then and there, you know, like I wasn't going to beat around the bush. I didn't make excuses. I obviously it happened. I can't say, well, I didn't know that I didn't do it. How do, how do I say I didn't know that I didn't do it when that's the result? 
the result is I didn't do what I was tasked with. I didn't line this stuff up right. The same way that you built something correctly and you're proud of it and you're showing it off and you could talk to your GC, you talk to your employer and say, well, it's because I did this and I did this and I did this and that's why it looks beautiful and it works. It's the same thing if something goes south, man. Mm -hmm. It's because you didn't do this, you didn't do this and that's why it did, right? So you're right, a thousand percent own it. I find that a lot of trades people that are getting into the business they don't want to own it they want to pass it on they mm-hmm. don't want to own the responsibility of making the mistake and just acknowledging it and, and you're missing an opportunity at that point mm-hmm. as a tradesperson getting into this business you're missing a huge opportunity because you can learn from this opportunity man don't get into a trade if you're not willing to learn yeah that's why i've constantly said this industry is about learning every single day i will listen to somebody whether it's their first day or their last day i don't care i don't care what your background is i don't care about anything you are a tradesperson on site first or last day i will listen to you You have a suggestion i will listen to put your hand up i will listen to you Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. that that's just how it is if something bad like that happens or something breaks or something gets damaged whatever first thought is nobody got hurt okay cool let's move on all right now we have to figure out okay we got to order another one of these okay so we order the other one and we get it when's that going to come in then we talk to the client because we talked to the client at that point saying listen this happened here are all my ducks this is what's about to happen as a result of this happening they will appreciate that that much more too. Mm-hmm. If you try to sugarcoat it and hide it and say, oh, it's because the material was wrong or the, the, the sun was too bright or all kinds of yeah. stuff, then they're going to know you're full of it. You're telling stories again. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. don't want to hear stories, man. They want to listen to, okay, how are you going to solve this problem? That's mm-hmm. critical. No, absolutely. absolutely. So the crew that you're working with under this GC, how many other trades are working with you? Two other carpenters. And at any given day, you guys are working away and you guys are working on any kind of scope of things that are coming in down the pipe. Yeah, we do uh, uh, mostly decks. Uh, I've done a a lot of decks in the past couple years. Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, this year uh, uh, we're doing a top to bottom reno for a client. Generally, sort of the, the, the main scope of, of work renos decks pergolas basically if, if a lot of outdoor work yeah yeah at the mercy of mother nature yeah how are the clients with that because i could just assume during this whole pandemic bowl that lots and lots of clients are looking to build those outdoor spaces to get out of the house how have they been all in all i what i have seen uh, certainly not what uh, what my gc has seen but i, I think clients are uh, overall pretty good yeah uh, they're they're grateful that uh, that we are doing these projects for them they're giving them uh, you know maybe we replaced a rotted deck so they're they're grateful that that they can have their their space back understanding of the delays because there's been delays obviously with material arrivals yeah. Again, just what what I've seen, um, you know, certainly I'm not privy to uh, all all the information, but uh, I think they they are they are their their understanding towards you know let's say GCs in general because it, like you know we're not the ones saying you know have the delays on the lumber you know like that's that's out of our hands. We are working with what we can, and uh, you know sometimes. You know, if we use a delivery service and they don't have everything, so now we, I got to go to the nearest lumber yard or whatever. I remember, like, what was it? Like, I think it was six, nine months ago, maybe not quite a year ago, when, when like, Home Depots were, were out, or there, there were Home Depots that were, like, just 
bone dry. Yeah. They had nothing. I remember that. Everyone sharing photos of the empty racks. And, yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. Now it's kind of leveled off and so to speak, we're still dealing with a $5 two by four or whatever here in Canada. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of changed now. There's others. I'm sure there's gonna be other problems coming down the end of this year, early mm. next year. I just want to, okay. So I wanted to get back into the paper side of it, but mm. okay. I'm talking to Chris Allen here on point contracting your lead carpenter, Chris J Allen, 32 at hotmail.com. And it's uh, on Facebook. It's OP contracting O N. Yep. And then on Instagram, it's O-N underscore point underscore contracting underscore on. How has the paper side of the business been for you, man? Because I know that um, I want to trickle back to it because guys will just ignore it. We are not good. There's that classic cliche where we'll make the notes on a piece of two by four. And then that's what we are doing our paperwork on, which is not how it should be. You should... Look at your business as if it's a business and mm-hmm. you need to, if you don't want to do it or if you don't have the drive to do it, you should look to somebody else to do it. Find somebody to handle it, to, to organize it, to put it all together, have the different projects. I know that I had a conversation with a few trades this week and we were talking and I was asking them that classic question. How did you come up with your price point? How did you come up with your worth when you started presenting your estimates to new clients? You're new into the game. You're trying to figure out okay, what do I charge? Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of guys were saying, well, I want to make X amount. Here's the project. Here's the scope. I want to make X amount per day. It's going to possibly take X amount of days. And then here's the cost of material. And then I want to add a few more points, maybe up to 10 points, just to cover my basis and then add the tax to it. And that's my magic number. But when you get into a lot of specialty stuff, it's hard to come up with that magic number where you can get mm-hmm three different types of apples that have three dramatically different numbers. When you get into different trades like plumbing or HVAC or electrical, I mean, a switch costs X amount, a a drain, a fixture costs X amount, HVAC running duct X amount. But when you get into like custom decks and building Mm -hmm. gazebos, it's really a time material trying to figure out scope, Mm -hmm. dealing with mother nature, dealing with material delays. How did you tackle that? My GC has been really good with helping me out. He, he helps me to a point. Uh, he's certainly not going to give up all his secrets, but he's, he's given me, you know, I, I would say a respectable life, lifeboat to uh, uh, get myself on, uh, on my own feet. So he would, you know, throw numbers at me, you know, like when I, when I ask, well, what should I charge? Uh, what, so hourly, you know, what should I charge? You know, he'd give me a number and he would, he would explain why, why it was that number. Or you know, how would he break it down without you divulging too much? But how would he break down to get to that number? What are the things that he's factoring in? You want your company to make money and you want to get paid too. So like basically paying yourself a wage. You're still an employee of your company. Even yes. though it's your company, you're an employee of your company. Mm-hmm. So there's a wage for you and then there's profitability for your company. Yes. I took the numbers that he gave me and what I'm doing is I take a look at my experience the quality of my work, you know, stand back, take a look at it. Did I do what I said, not only what I said I would do, but did I do it to, you know, 100% of my abilities? My goal uh, is to exceed the client's uh, expectations. And if I can do that, then I can justify, I believe that I can justify charging, you know, a little more. So I started with 
basically the, the number that my GC gave me, and I've been slowly working my way up. And I think that I produce a quality product that is, that is worth what I charge. So far, I haven't had a client say, yeah, okay, I want you to do it, but geez, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of expensive. <laughs> compared to what? Compared to who? Where'd you get your barometer from? I, like I always ask clients this all the time, who are you comparing me to? Yeah. Well, mm. and so I figure if, if they're not asking me that, then maybe I'm, you know, kind of in the, in the, still in the middle. Um, regardless of, you know, where my number actually falls, I think within reason, if, if you are producing a, a product at that quality level, that people are saying, yes, you, you deserve, or I am absolutely willing to pay you that your, your wages because your quality speaks for itself, then by all means, as, you know, as a carpenter, a plumber, whomever, go, you know, go ahead and charge what you charge. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it doesn't affect me. I'm not losing sleep over what you charge versus, well, am I charging enough? If I don't think I'm charging enough, then, then I charge more on the next project. But then also keep in mind, though, Chris, I mean, the other thing that I've noticed with the new guys that are coming into the industry, whether they're young or old or whatever, but you're just, I, I look at it more like new guys. So if mm -hmm. it's your first year in construction and you decided to do a career change or whatever, it's new guy. Mm -hmm. I see that the new guys come in and they look at their worth. So they try to calculate everything. I'm trying to get rid of the idiots that look at their overhead worth and mm -hmm. they start factoring in, okay, well, I want to buy a brand new 2021 GMC Sierra fully loaded. So I want to spend 95K on a pickup truck. Mm -hmm. That lease payment is not part of your worth. That's your own personal greed that you want to that's yours. So mm -hmm. don't try to put that into your worth. Eliminate that and just look at your scope and your technique and your skill and all this other stuff. And then if you're, it's your first year and you're starting to price things out and you go and you go, here's the scope of work. I think it's going to take me five days to do it. This is what I want to get compensated for those five days. This mm -hmm. is the cost of material plus a few points plus the tax and here's my number. As you get into your second year, your third year, your fourth year, and you come across the same job to do all over again. It's not going to take you five days to do that job. No. It's possibly going to take you three days to do that job. But now at this point, your worth is far higher. Mm -hmm. Even though it's going to take you three days, you should still be making more than you would have made with those five days. Mm -hmm. you got to constantly be looking at your worth fluctuating as your experience is going, mm -hmm. not as your overhead is going. So mm -hmm. fine, you're making lots of money. You want to buy that Sierra truck phone. You want to buy this. You want to buy that. All kinds of membership streaming, all this other stuff. That's your own personal greed. Don't factor that into the price. Stay focused on your skill set mm -hmm. and also practice your skill set. I mean, last week I had Julia Rose in here and she just threw herself into the industry. She was like thinking about it when she was sleeping she was like going home after work and thinking about how can i do this better how can i do that better there you go you're not working nine to five you're actually working 24 hour you're thinking about if you can do that for your own tradesperson self and your first year your second year then you could be commanding those extra dollars and all of a sudden you could be a lead carpenter asking for a hundred dollars an hour mm -hmm. but you're giving the worth you have to give the skill set just it. There's there is a lot that we don't necessarily account for in no. our our uh, hourly rate. 
If we did, the guy across the street working at McDonald's is making more money than we are. The amount of extra hours that we put into our worth Mm -hmm. is insane because we care about our passion. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like we're, yeah, you you can't charge, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks an hour, 24 hours a day. No. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. So, you know, you're, you're, you're 40 hour week, but the reality is we're doing it as you say, 24 hours. Yeah, I can believe that the guy at Mickey D's is making more than we are. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Sometimes it can't happen. But, I mean, okay, so where do we go here, Chris? I mean, the idea is that you're looking to even expand further and try to get more scope of work and try to get more work and try to meet more people. Mm-hmm. What else can you do as a result of that? And I, my first thought is start reaching out to as many people you know socially on social media mm-hmm. and just go here. Here's my skill set. Here's what I can do. Are you looking for this? Are you looking for that or whatever? You know, is something coming up? I don't know. What other thoughts do you have? When I look for a job, I, I go back to my my roots, uh, which is, uh, you know, pound the pavement. You know, I think it's, it's uh, tried and true. It works. And uh, I get I get on Indeed, uh, start looking around, see who's looking for, let's say, a, a semi-experienced carpenter. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not inexperienced. And uh, I, I can't claim that I am experienced. Uh, I don't have the years yet, but uh, my, my own projects, I think, show that, you know, I, I do know a thing or two. I continue to, to push to uh, uh, keep learning and, and I want to, to grow and, you know, g- keep doing better and, and that. So, you know, pound the pavement. You said something interesting, Chris. I mean, you said that go back to your roots, and it's it's totally true, a thousand percent. I believe that it, when you get into a funk as a tradesperson and whatever, maybe the job that you're currently on is not giving you what you're looking for, mm-hmm. and you're looking for more. You're looking for more ambition, more interest, whatever. Then you get into this, you know, go back to your roots. And for everybody that knows me, since I'm pushing fifty soon, I'm an '80s boy. For you guys who have seen this classic film. I'm sorry to say, but it's a classic film, probably my favorite out of the series, which is Rocky Three, And I mean, Rocky was stubborn and ego, and he felt that he was the best and he deserved the best and all this other stuff. But Clubber Lang knocked him out, man. And mm-hmm. what he did was Apollo taught him to go back to his roots and go back to the beginning and understand where you came from understand why you had this passion and I, I think recently i had somebody else reach out to me asking me about some questions i can't remember his name i think it was mike dunn or something like that and he was asking me about like how do you know when it's time for you to start how do you know when it's time for you to go on your own how do you know all this other stuff and i said well here's a list of things to consider but at the end of the message when i replied to him i said but don't forget why you started mm-hmm. don't forget what you loved about starting it and that's going back to your roots Mm -hmm. so when you do get into those funky and trust me i get into those funk as well too you start thinking about the earlier days you start thinking about the great times that you had and the clients that you had the good clients and the trades people that you're working with and those opportunities and you start thinking i want to relive those moments i want to capture those moments and to do that you got to also think about what you did to get those jobs. Mm-hmm. So like you said, pound the pavement, man. Like a lot of guys just figure my hands are up. I've got the skill set. It should be coming to me. No fucking way, man. I'm yeah. sorry, but no, it's not. It should come to you. It should be about you getting it, you finding it, you getting yourself out there. 
that is paramount, man. Like, there's nobody that's going to talk about you, see you, interest in you. I've had so many guests on this show where they said, listen, I would see a job site in my first year of construction. I would stop. I would go up there. I would introduce myself, give the mm -hmm. name, give my phone number, all this other stuff. I would make cheesy little cards and i would go here's my card like i would do that if i was on instagram i would actually start doing shout outs listen i can do this i can do this i'd start doing a story going here i just did this i mm -hmm. just built that and then all of a sudden people are always paying attention i've told people over and over i don't care what you're doing man somebody is watching and mm -hmm. somebody will reach out and they'll want to pick your brain and they might hire you no absolutely and and you know when my time comes, when people are, are starting to come to me saying, hey, are you hiring? You know, I'm looking at how much noise are you making? Uh, and not just how much noise are you making, but are you making the right noise? Yes. There is a point at which you can make all the wrong noise and still get noticed for the right reasons. Yeah. And, and then obviously the wrong noise and, and be known for the wrong reasons. But, you know, there's sometimes there's your, your diamond in the rough, so to speak, that you don't know what you're doing but you just you get in there you start making noise and somebody will say hey that person's trying at least they're trying yep i'd respect that yeah no and i'll i'll take there's and i i think of this video that i saw it comes around on my my facebook feed every so often it looks like a a, a crane crew and they're wrapping up at the end of the day and you see that the arms coming in the one guy he's running around I think it's it's completely f fake video, whatever, but the, it's getting the point across. Here's this guy running around, not able to actually get into, you know, something because this crew's already a well-oiled machine. But I'll take that guy who's at least trying to, the drive. to get himself into yeah. the crew somewhere to, to do something yep. as opposed to hand in his pocket on his phone sitting around doing nothing showing no initiative a thousand percent yeah and i get it you know it's it's frustrating when you are the new guy and and that crew is that well-oiled machine whether it's you know setting up first thing in the morning or tearing down at the end of the day and they have their routine they they do it the way they do it uh they they know you know they've been in and god knows how many backyards they're setting up for a deck Small, you know, the small backyards, okay, they, they, they just do it. That's just the space we have, and we're, we're good to go. Big backyards, whatever, the, and they set up accordingly. And, and you stand back and you watch them, and it's like, how do they know how to do this? They just, they just know because they've done it X number of times. You know, sometimes you are going to be annoying, unfortunately. You will be annoying, but if you're not asking, what can I do, at the very minimum, what can I do? How can you contribute? How can you find out where you can contribute? You you, you got to start somewhere, yeah. And that, and that's part of the, the the making making the right noise. When when you don't know, then admit it. Even if it's through, what what do I do? Okay, great. Then then it, at least you understand that you need to be doing something. But just remember to all the new guys and girls out there that you may come across this site and all of a sudden you're thinking, this is a well-oiled machine. Do I really even fit into this scenario? Mm -hmm. Understand that every well-oiled machine, their objective is to become a bigger machine, which is going to need another cog, which means that's an opportunity for you to get in there. Mm -hmm. So don't ever look at it like there's no room for you to get into this machine. 
No, absolutely. But you got to prove yourself. You got to show the initiative. You got to get in there and you got to have that insight or suggestions. Like I said, hand up first day, last day, whatever. You got to just have those initiatives and then just have those conversations with the people that are above you and mm-hmm. then let them and they might razz you they might yeah, sure whatever but that's just part of the game man mm-hmm. that's, that's just like i may not razz you i just i don't give it a shit right the thing is but you got to still prove yourself if you come in and like i said i don't know maybe i just got a, a major hatred with the uber and uber eats and everything like that. but the thing is like if you come in it that's your lifestyle you guys need to separate that worth of your ego away from what you think you're worth on the job site. And if you're coming in with your entourage of bullshit, Uber, Uber Eats and whatever, all mm. that crap, I'm going to have a problem with it because if it affects you, if you're on your phone all the time, if you're checking social all the time, I'm going to have a problem with it. Mm. If you're texting texting your first, second, third, fourth girlfriend, I'm going to have a problem with that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm not going to compliment you. Oh, you know, I'm juggling. That's up to you. That is all your personal life. But guess what? You're here on the job site on my time, client's time, this money, not mm-hmm. your time, not your money. You can do it, but people are noticing the same way that if you're doing something good, people are noticing. If you're doing something bad, people are noticing. We all got to start somewhere. And I, I get it. There's, you know, maybe you're fresh out of high school and... Maybe you don't have a car yet, so you're taking the bus. Taking the bus isn't a bad thing in and of itself. No. At least have a pouch and even just some of your basic tools. I can respect that because at least it's showing that you, you understand that you, are, you need to show up prepared. If I'm GC on a site and you're coming up to my trailer, you're looking for a job, don't, don't, don't be shy mm-hmm. about it. Have the backbone to fight for the job. Don't be cocky. No. But no. fight. Be firm. Be assertive. Yeah. Ask. Yeah. Hey, here's, here's, what I, here's what I can offer. Do you have room for me on your crew? Do you have space? Are you hiring? If I say no, then again, be firm about, you know, get my contact information. Leave your contact information. Don't leave without any kind of contact information. Just don't drop your head and go, okay, all right, you got nothing and walk away. No, mm-hmm. get or leave an impression or leave your card, leave your number, leave your social handle, leave something because if you weren't cocky, but your initiative is there, mm-hmm. that person will remember and will give you a call. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, if you're, if you're shy about it, you, you, you will you'll get lost in the background. And the, the 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 white noise of of the day, you'll be that sort of that 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 fleeting thought of, was there somebody in my office earlier this morning? Yeah. And oh, oh whatever, off I go with the the next thing, and no, you're 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 not going to have a, a chance. Also, that's not the the type of attitude that I need on on my crew. Like when you're out there working. Are you getting shit done? You know, are, are you doing your job? Look, we, we have, let's say, a nine, uh, nine-hour day. How much work are we getting done? And are you, you know... You, production, your, man, production. Are you dragging your heels because you don't know how to fit in? comes back to, are you asking, uh, what can I do? What's next? 
and I get it when you don't know the flow of, of that team, the uh, flow of the, the construction site in general. I remember those days, not understanding the flow of, of the day. How do you know what's next? How do, like, so I also want to say that I, I'm not impressed. I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm not impressed if you're walking in on my job site carrying a $400 hammer on your pouch or you have pristine brand spanking packouts full of every brand spanking new tool out there. I, that's not impressive to me. You no. can have crappy tools. You can have old tools. You can have hand-me-down tools. It's the work at that point that if you can talk your way into the meeting and get that opportunity to get on the site, it's never been about the tools making the person. It's always about the person making the tools. Absolutely. So someone who's got skill will take crappy tools and make something beautiful. And I've seen far too many people who have the attitude that goes back to their worth. They want to buy these expensive things, but expensive things don't make you a better tradesperson. No. And to, to further that point, I myself, I have no real desire to own a Martinez hammer. <laughs> I, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. It's a good-looking hammer, but I can't justify it. And me personally, I went and I got a stiletto, and, and it's just like hundred dollars wood handle, and I actually love it. It's my favorite hammer these days. I use a Dewalt stiletto type yeah. of hammer, yeah, a very thin neck, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it works for you, man. It's fourteen ounce, swings like a twenty ounce. Yeah, it works for you, and and yeah, it's eighty, ninety bucks. It works for me, that, and that's that's the big thing too. Is don't just buy the the, the Martinez hammer oh, because of you know reputation and all that. Thing is, if you can't swing it, what if the you hell can't are you deliver it, then you're gonna actually look worse, man. If you can't deliver it, yeah, no, Not, nothing is f further from the truth of just rolling your eyes when you see a kid who's multimillionaire decide to buy some sort of Ferrari, McLaren, or whatever, and can't drive the shit. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't care, man. I'd rather look at a kid who's got a Honda Civic and knows how to drive, right, versus that kid who's got a lot of money who's got no drive whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just be aware of that, guys. Like, some guys maybe are impressed by that. Some guys, I think most guys are not impressed by that. No, I, I certainly am not. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm a part of a crew or I'm, I'm leading a crew, you, you want to roll up in that? Okay, let's see what you got. I know that Gary Mares recently he posted because he got a, a four-pack kit from Rigid, and Rigid's doing some sort of marketing, publicity, social media, influencer, mm. blitz, or whatever crap. I know, including myself, I started on the Rigid line. Mm -hmm. And the number one reason why I started on the Rigid line 12 years ago, it was lifetime warranty on the batteries. Mm -hmm. I was using it every single month going in there. This battery's dead. I need another one. This tool's dead. I need another one. And got to the point where they basically kicked me out of the program. And at that point, I just said, fuck it. I'm going to go with the tool brand that I like. And at the time, it was Bosch. So I went with Bosch, and that's what I had. Not every tool is perfect in the Bosch line, and that's it. The truth is the 12-inch battery saw that I got going on, it's a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. It's a 1,000% piece of shit. You know what I mean? But I'm pretty sure that tool influencers out there have all been praising about this 12-inch battery saw. It is a piece of shit. I don't care what you say. It's a piece of shit. It's poorly designed. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But I've heard so, so many great things about the 8.5-inch Bosch one. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, yeah, maybe I should have got the 8.5 one. It probably would have been better. But the problem is it limits you on what you want to cut. Yeah. Right? But the 12-inch, the battery, single battery, it, it's, it's just crap. It's just bottom line is crap. So... 
What are you? I'm just curious. But you're, I'm going to guess you're yellow. Nope. No. Uh, I do. My second runner up was Makita. Uh, yep. Makita. <laughs> Teal. Uh, and, and that was a big influence uh, from my grandfather. He. What's your background, Chris? Your heritage. Where, oh, where your uh, family tree. Irish. You're Irish. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. Uh, yeah. A lot of Irish guys are Makita boys. <laughs> they are. They are, man. It's a good choice. <laughs> Listen, Makita makes a good line of tools, man. They do. They yes. do. Yes. My grandfather was always about the value of the product. So it never, it never really mattered uh, how much it cost. If it was more expensive, then so what? If that was the, the model that had the best value, then that's the one he bought. He was dyed-in-the-wool Makita. And uh, when my my first Makita driver and impact uh, were was the uh, the white series. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. With, uh, okay. Uh, two 1.5 amp hour batteries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, you're taking me back now. I know. <laughs> I get it. And that's what I started in the union with. Uh, one of my early jobs uh, in Vaughn, I was using them for. Uh, I had to drill a, a steel frame. To, to put on whatever the, the countertop or whatever it, it did it and and now I, I'm not sure which model I have but it, it's uh, and you've stayed true to Makita since I think about it uh, every so often do I do I want to go with a different brand but as far as as my driver and impact goes no I don't think so I'm not seeing anything that that makes me think that Makita is going downhill or just so happens that the, the pair that I have are, are crap or, you know, nothing like that. My next set will most likely be Makita, but I'm not, I'm also not brand loyal. Like I, I have, it's what works for you. I go with, I, like my grandfather, I go with the, 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 the one that has the best value. I like that. Like Bosch makes an insane SDS gun insane line of I, SDS I'm not going to argue with that. I know. So what, what did I buy? I bought one of the Bulldogs. Uh, of course. I go with the ones that I know are going to last. And every brand, they all have the, their, their core tools that are the same. They're your driver, your impact, skill saw, yep. and one or two others. And then they begin to branch off into the trades that they are targeting. Like Rigid is going after plumbers. Makita, plumbers, demo sort of thing. Kita's sort of getting into the uh, landscaping end of things. Brand loyalty is kind of a moot point. It allows me to step back and, and take a look at, okay, well, I need a flush cut. Who makes a really good flush cut? That I can't answer. I, I just went ahead with Makita. You know, Makita being a good brand, I figured uh, for the price, it'll, it'll get me through you know, to getting another one later on down the road. So my SDS guns, uh, the, the, the Bulldog. What are you using for nailers, finished nailers? Are you battery operated or are you pneumatics? Pneumatic. Still a pneumatic, huh? Yeah. I, and I, was, I, I was having a disagreement today with Julio about because he, was, he brought his DeWalt ones. Mm. And I joke they're heavy. And I'm sorry, but they are, man. I mean, I'm a, I'm a slightly big boy. But the thing is, I still prefer pneumatic with a hose. I don't know. I, it's just me. It works. Yeah. And it's, I like my Grex guns. I, I switched over to Grex. I had I had the DeWalt's for the longest time, and they were pretty good. But then um, the 16-gauge was annoying the hell out of me. It would mm. never set properly. I'll give this much credit to the battery finishing DeWalt ones right now. They do set consistently. Mm -hmm. I like that. 
But they're heavy, man. You got to put the small battery on it, and they're heavy. I don't care what you say. I think I think there is a, a time and a place for the the uh, the cordless nailers. I totally, think totally. Finish something like finish that you're not doing every single day. It's a, it's a good uh, supplement. By that point, you're you're inside. Uh, whether or not you're doing the work while the the client lives continues to live in their home, it's nicer. It's a little quieter. Yeah, for like framing, and that. Uh, no. I I look at I look at new cars versus older cars when they were like just straight up mechanical you know not really well when there were no <laughs> electronics in them yeah, yeah. so you know the same same difference pneumatic is is simple there's really nothing you know going on there you oil it you keep it clean you or it it's going to last forever yeah if you're using it regularly drop your oil in there every day yeah and uh you're good to go i mean i will say this and, and i'm sure some listeners are going to enjoy this I, if there's a multiverse out there mm-hmm. and there's another version of this podcast out there and another version of me i think that other version would totally be a makita guy would be a makita <laughs> man i tell you that right now because that would be the second runner up to bosch and that's the truth of it though and 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 i've seen guys that are makita guys mm. and i've seen the arsenal of tools there and i'm like mm, man, it's looking pretty good but there's no multiverse out there where manny's using dewalt i tell you that <laughs> right now man that's just i'm gonna set the record for that one there but you're right i mean i, I like that your grandfather was saying the value you got to look at the value. So if you end up spending, maybe some guys are looking at those Martina Valley, the hammers the same way that, okay, I'll spend 500 bucks on it because of the value attached to it. I go, yes and no. You're still an arm attached to that hammer and you got to still deliver your skill set on the job site. Mm-hmm. And if you think that hammer is going to make your skill set that much better, I'm going to disagree with you on that, man. I think I, I swing my current hammer the best that I've swung any hammer. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, through trial and error. I've had East Wing, uh, while well, I still have that, uh, so, it, like, I have my, my uh, uh, framing hammer, the DeWalt hammer, and then my, my smooth-faced uh, hammer. I uh, keep them both because uh, when I'm doing PVC decking, I need the, the smooth-faced hammer to put the plugs in. When, when you find what works for you, it's not about the brand. It's not about prestige. It can't be. And it's something I, I learned about the the word prestige is that it's French for fake. <laughs> so when when people say they want it for the prestige, well, yeah, you do want it because it's fake. So uh, and, and that's that's part of the whole. I, I can't justify Martinez. Yeah. Um, you know, for three fifty, four hundred bucks for a, a Martinez, am I really going to swing that thing any better than my my Dewalt? Certain individuals say you will. And see, okay, there there are people on IG that I follow, and I'm sure you you follow them too, and they use uh, Martinez or um, even their their speed squares. You cry once, buy once. They're titanium. They're a lot more durable. Okay, great. The new guy rolling up with the, the, your, your diamond back tool belt and your Martinez hammer versus somebody who's been doing it for 20 years and clearly delivers. It, I don't bl- blink an eye. At, I agree. You know, by that point, buy what you want. I agree. 
whatever works for you at that point. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be the new kid on the block and come in and roll in with a thousand dollars of two items, you better back it. Mm-hmm. If you can't back it, if you think that those items are going to back you, man, it's that's not how it works. You can have all the best gear to climb a mountain and still die up there. Of course you can. So if you want to look at stories where the first people that did climb didn't have all that gear that everybody is needing these days. Mm-hmm. So where are we going with this stuff? Are we making tradespeople softer and they just need these more expensive gear to make them better? No, man. I think that you still need the passion inside you. Absolutely. And and like I I know for sure that, you know, that that I do. Like I, I love carpentry. When when you have a passion, when when you really have the passion, not just you you think you do, but when you really do that's what gets you through the, the shit days. Yeah. Not just your down days, but the bus has gone sideways and there's no sign of it coming back. And, you know, when you have those, those days, you just got to write off. You know, don't, don't get hung up on them. Look, yeah, it was a completely fucked up day. But here's the beauty of that. That day ends and you can start all over again the next day. Absolutely. And then you should actually do that when you wake up the next day. Start all over, man. Just let it go. Let it go and make this day the day that you really want. Mm-hmm. And then just move on to the next one, man. That's all you can do. Yeah. Is, is just move on. So these days, Chris, you're focusing a lot on decks and you guys are hammering them out, mostly PVCs. You, are you guys doing any wood decks? Are you guys going to do any? We did a couple. Yeah. Uh, Most people are asking for the, the plastic, right? The composite. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, it, it is an investment. To, to go with the PVC and uh, my my GC and and myself we we both push PVC over composite. Uh, I'm I'm still skeptical that composite is is rock free. Uh, there's a couple of brands out there that are claiming that their their product doesn't rot. Whatever they're using as their organic fiber, like I've seen rice husks. Um, really? Yeah. So when you cut that stuff. Mm-hmm. What does that smell remind you of? It's it's a uniquely different smell that I can't quite put a description to. Every now and again, and one of my coworkers pointed this out, and it's it's just it's completely random. He he pointed pointed it out, and I agree. Uh, every so often, it smells like caramel. Really. Just completely random. Just the, this board, you know, one out of a hundred or whatever. It smell like caramel. Yeah, it's I can't explain it, but the you know the majority of the time, just warm plastic. I don't smell like really anything different. Uh, what you know, whatever their binding agents are to to form. They never tell us. They never. There's no packaging ingredients on this thing. We don't know no. what it's all about or whatever story. But we just we're told that it's like it's not going to fade. It's not going to rot. It's going to last forever. But they never really tell you that it does still expand somehow. It mm-hmm. still shifts. It still does fade depending on how much direct sunlight it gets. I don't know what happens in winter months. The, like the damage with salt. If you were to put salt on it, like how how durable is it during those months? Uh, I haven't ever heard the the answer to that question typically homeowners haven't addressed that that they want to put salt on their on their decks i just did a deck recently and then the only reason i bring it up is because he wanted also to do the front deck 
leading to the front steps, leading to the driveway. So I'm just going to assume that if snow does drift on top of there, they're going to shovel it and they might put some salt on it to prevent it from freezing and then creating mm-hmm. a little bit of an ice shield, right? My gut is telling me that uh, whatever's in road salt or ice melt or whatever, probably not going to be good. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well, too. But we'll find out if that's the case. But mm-hmm. what other kinds of interesting things are you building these days? I just this past weekend, I did a uh, sort of a, a backer wall for a client. Uh, they they want to do some shelving uh, in their, their basement. They don't know which shelving system they want to go with. Uh, so I at least put the, the back of board up, uh, part of the project required an engineer. So to close the permit, uh, their stairwell needed some drywall so that they didn't fall through mm-hmm. really wasn't much of a space to fall through, but you know, whatever. Okay. That's what's they required. They're already cautious about it. That's it. Yeah. 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 Put in a railing for them. So every day is different. Yeah. Could be this could be that. Yeah. I've done a, a, a garbage shed. For a client, keep the raccoons out. Um, That's a typical Toronto thing. Yeah. Where, you know, you got the recycling, the three bins, recycling garbage and organics. Mm-hmm. Raccoons know how to open them up. That they do. Did a, a two two fences, one of them with a gate. Uh, six foot standard fence, nothing particularly special about it. Really just whatever, whatever the client wants and I can make it work. All right. So, Chris, again, on point contracting. Chris J. Allen 32 at hotmail.com, OP Contracting ON on Facebook, on underscore point underscore contracting underscore on. It's been an interesting conversation, man. Yeah, I mean, it's been, I, good. It's, it's been great to meet you. I know we, we chatted quite a bit on DMs and things like that, and you reached out to me. And I, I like that there has been a lot of insight to the new guys and girls out there mm-hmm. on a, how to handle yourself. On the job site, don't be so cocky to think that you are the best out there. You'll get there, but you might not be the best out there right now. And you're going to fail <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And you're going to make a lot of mistakes. But you're that's gonna, construction. If you're, not, if you're not failing, you're not learning. No. And, well, and I, I should revise that statement because failure to me is, is you, you either give up or you walk away. So you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Depending on the GC, that's okay. But really, in the end, regardless of the GC, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And if you if you can't do that, it's going to be hard for you, because there are the days. Basically, setting my GC up to break that that uh, pane of glass, when I knew my job, and still somehow managed to to do it, I took heat for it, rightfully so. But you handle it well. You handle it correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way it should be handled. Own, own your shit. Just own it. But also understand that there's a lesson attached to everything that's negative. Mm-hmm. And also understand that there's not necessarily lessons attached to everything that's positive, man. No. You know what I mean? Sure, everything's going perfect. What are you learning from it? Not much. No. And you might. the only thing you might be learning is that you're feeding your ego thinking that you actually are perfect. You are actually flawless and you are actually the best. I'm here to remind you, you're none of those. Mm-hmm. All of us are learning every single day. And if you're not learning, then it's time for you to get the hell out of the industry. Because mm-hmm. that's what construction is about, man. Absolutely. Chris, I got the 12 questions of construction. You ready for this one? Awesome. Yep. All right, I'm curious about your answers on this one, man. Uh, what is your favorite construction word? After the morning meeting, 
some form of go. A green light. Yep. Nice. What is your least favorite construction word? Hearing something along the lines of, that's not good. <laughs> Did that follow after the glass broke? <laughs> in, 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 a, in a way, yeah. <laughs> a version of that. Yeah. <laughs> what turns you on in construction? Elated clients. It's a great feeling. Yeah. What turns you off in construction? A major, major fuck up. It just sets Whether it's certain. mine or somebody else's. What is your favorite curse word or phrase? Fuck. That's always the go-to. What is your favorite car, truck, or bike, or vehicle? I'm going to go with the, the F-150. F-150? Yeah. What is your least favorite car, truck, bike, or vehicle? TTC. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love? Uh, going old school on this one. Uh, hammering a nail. It does have a, such a unique, distinctive sound that any you more, don't hear some, it too often on a site. Any, any more? No, you don't hear it very often. I remember one day, four or five years ago, I was working with Paul Coletto uh, from Triple Plumbing, and he was on site. And he was asking for anybody, any trade for a nail. And nobody had a common nail. And he just needed a nail just to hammer something. He didn't need a pneumatic. He didn't mm. need a battery operated frame. And he just wanted a nail. And mm -hmm. it was just funny how it is hard to find just a nail on a job site. Mm -hmm. uh, what construction sound or noise do you hate? When someone's using a circular saw... With a blade they should have changed last week. And it begins to whine and moan and bind. The operator isn't getting the picture. And you feel the tool's pain. Yes. Go right through your ear canal. Mm -hmm. I know. We've heard it all the time. We hear it <laughs> all the time. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt, Chris? That's a good question. Possibly something to do with teaching something along those lines nice what profession would you never like to do probably first responders it's a tough gig it is and a lot of respect to them mentally a very draining tough gig to not be able to talk about your day when you have one of those bad accidents or whatever a bad bad day like what you see i know that's a tough one uh, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Got to give you props for doing it the right way. Still 10,000 <laughs> years in purgatory, but I'll give you props for doing it the right way. Still 10,000, still 10, huh? Yeah, wow. Yeah, no, there, there, there's no uh, skirting my way right into heaven if, if it exists. That's a great response, man. I love that. Chris, this has been a great conversation, dude. Honestly, it has been. I really appreciate you coming out here. And anybody, listen, if you're looking for a lead carpenter, please give him a holler. Uh, on Point Contracting, Chris J. Allen, A-L-L-E-N 32 at hotmail.com. And it's on Facebook at OP uh, Contracting O-N and also on Instagram on underscore point underscore contracting underscore on. That's it, man. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. This has been a great conversation. Dude. It has been. 
All right. Thank you so much. And uh, everyone else, thank you. Please keep on sending me some uh, email questions. I'm going to address them. I gave out my number. I'll give out my number again, 416-433-5737. You guys got a question, please text me. Let me know who you are and what the question is all about. And I'll get back to you. And also on my email, manny at hardcorerentals.com. I also want to let everybody know that we're into September right now. This is show number 168. And uh, I've got something very interesting planned uh, to announce in October. So please stay tuned for that something very interesting that a few of the inner circle people that i know already know about and have gotten a huge chuckle out of it so we'll see what happens chris again thank you very much man thank you